Hi, everyone. This is Ron Jolson, and you're listening to the Christian Fellowship Community Forum podcast. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to our Christian Fellowship Community Forum session number 16 with Deb Blevins. I'm your host, Ron Jolson. I'm pleased to greet those of you of the over 1,700 who have registered from the field and home office. Thank you so much. Uh, But now it it really is my great pleasure to introduce Deb Levins from uh, Appleton, Wisconsin. She joined Northwestern Mutual in 1988 after nine years in the banking industry. She distinguished herself as a successful financial representative, uh, also a Northwestern Mutual corporate office employee, a college unit director, and a field director. In 1993, Deb began her management career with Northwestern Mutual, quickly establishing one of the top producing representative units and was a top 10 field director. Uh, In 1997, she was appointed as the second female managing partner in the company's 140-year history and was the first female to retire in the chair in November of 2018. Her network office has been awarded the company's 100 million award in recognition of surpassing 100 million in sales in 1997 through 2017. And in addition, she's received multiple industry awards, including the Master Agency Award. And her agency has had over 133,000 policy owners, which at that time was number three in the company. Uh, During her 21-year tenure as managing partner, Deb increased premium enforced by over 350% to $168 million, increased cash value more than 660% to $2.5 billion. I just want to say the portfolio had something to do with that too, Deb. Uh, and increased, who was managing that? And increased life insurance enforced from $2.8 billion to nearly $19 million, and increased IPS sales from $500,000 to $11 million of GDC and over $2 billion of assets under management. Incredible. Deb has also been featured in a book, Magnificent Masters in Financial Services, Amazing Women, Sensational Stories. And uh, I can't wait to read that. I just uh, heard about that. Blevin's strong values and work ethic have propelled her continuously forward in her life and career. Her desire to uh, see others reach their potential caused her to seek out leadership. And she retired as an active managing partner in October of 2018. The first female to retire as a managing partner, by the way. And Deb's current passion is working with coaching candidates, uh, primarily women and diverse candidates, interested in pursuing a career, uh, pursuing a leadership career path at Northwestern Mutual. And we are so grateful at Northwestern Mutual to have her doing that. Um, Throughout Deb's life, she's been involved in a variety of nonprofit organizations for those less fortunate. She believes deeply in the scripture that says to those much has been given, much will be expected. And she began her own ministry decorating the rooms of children with, a, with cancer a few years ago. She's married to Greg Washer and they uh, love spending time outdoors at their lake home in or in Arizona with their dogs uh, and giving back to others through their time and talents. And uh, I just wanna say how much I appreciate Deb and I love your thoughtful approach to your faith um, as everyone's going to hear has really helped her through uh, certain trials and at other times. And I, I just love how you talk about it. And I love how you, I love how you think about it and how you talk about it. And I'm really excited that everyone will get to hear you do just that. Um, so as we like to start very often uh, in, with this, uh, with these broadcasts, Deb, can you just tell us a little bit uh, about your faith 
journey. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm so humbled to be here. Um, but I, before I start, um, Ron, first I want to tell everyone that you are going to be our speaker at the Christian Fellowship Breakfast in Milwaukee. And we're really looking forward to having you and uh, hearing from you and uh, reading your new book. And so congratulations. And we're excited to have you as our speaker in July. Thank you. Um, my faith journey, I was raised in the church. Um, my parents, every time the doors were open, we were there. Um, and so they were uh, very, we had a loving, loving family. We, they were very faithful to the church. Um, but I had my own experience with Jesus um, and accepted him as my Lord and Savior when I was 15. And for me, it was a life-changing experience. I mean, totally life-changing uh, for me. We had gone through quite a bit as a family. I'm the oldest of four children. My brother was born uh, 10 and a half years after me. So um, when he was born, my mother had uh, what we know now was severe postpartum depression, but was then treated as a nervous breakdown. Um, she was in the hospital for months at a time, having shock treatments and um, some pretty tough stuff that we had to go through as a family. I was, you know, 11 or 12 years old, but I became responsible for my younger siblings and um, had to learn responsibility at a very early age. Um, because of some of that, I, um, I became pretty shy and introverted and um, didn't do a lot socially at school because my responsibility was to get home and, and, and care for my family. Um, it affected me in a lot of different ways. I, I, you know, didn't have the best grades. I was more worried about my family. I took on that, um, almost adult mom, uh, role for my dad. And, um, so, you know, it's, it wasn't how I would have chosen to grow up, but I, you know, when I look back now on the responsibility I learned at an early age, the loving family I grew up in. Um, my faith uh, got me through everything. Um, it it was all for my good, as the scripture says, right? We, I learned things that um, have helped me throughout my life. And my mom is wonderful today. Um, she's She never had a problem after um, the treatments. So um, <clears throat> just had a, a, a wonderful, loving family that I'm so grateful for um, every day. So you know, Deb, it's funny. You mentioned you became introverted um, as you were uh, describing your, your faith walk. And then I, I hear that and I think but you became a managing partner, uh, which is not something necessarily we associate with being introverted, although it can be the case. Uh, but I'm curious. What, what, so what's the story there? How did you how did that end up happening? Well, I think I've been probably labeled an introverted extrovert. So um I joined Northwestern Mutual in 1988. I met a gentleman who uh, was a regional vice president at the home office out in the community. And um, after we got to know each other a little bit, he he called me for dinner one night and said, why don't you come on over and, you know, I'd love to have dinner with you and get to have the family get to know you a little bit better. And for those of you that have been around the system a long time, that was Pepper Bullock. 
And Pepper invited me to look at the advisor career and move from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, down to Atlanta. Um, I thought he was crazy. I kind of told him I thought he was crazy that I was going to leave my middle management banking job and my family and everybody I knew to move down to Atlanta um, to become an advisor in an area where I knew no one. But there's been a couple areas in my life where I have really been called. I felt I was being called. And I every time I opened my Bible, it it seemed to say, um, reach out and trust me. Reach out and trust me. Step forward. You have to just take the first step. You know, we'll do this together. And so I did decide to go to Atlanta. Um, I will be very honest with people. I, I was not a forum rep. I was not a fast starter. Um, I, you know, didn't have a lot of the credentials behind me that a lot of the managing directors and managing partners have, but I did pursue leadership. I loved helping other people, growing other people. I did move around the company a little bit, as you heard in my story with Ron. Um, when I was a field director in Madison, Wisconsin, we developed a, a top 10 unit for a couple of years and Bill Beckley reached out to me and asked me if I'd be interested in coming into the ARD program, which was then a training program, assistant regional director for people who might want to become MPs. And my first comment to him was, well, first of all, nobody looks like me. Second of all, they're all men that look like, you know, they've been around the system a long time. They have a lot more credentials than I have. And and he said, well, I think this is something we need to explore for the next couple of years and let's get you trained and, and see if managing partner is something you think you might want to do. So I moved to Milwaukee um, in August of 97. And I, I literally there was there a week, I think, when um, I found out that the agency in Appleton, Wisconsin, was going to be opening up. They were moving Roger McQueen out to Salt Lake City. And I talked to my regional vice president. I said, you know, I'd love to stay in Wisconsin. This is my natural market. And he said, are you kidding me? You just got here. That's not going to happen. So I went home that night and I could not sleep. I had such a restless spirit. And the Lord said, I, I want you to go talk to Bill about this. And for those of you who know Bill, um, I walked, I knocked on his door. I said, you have one minute and said to him, um, I know I just got here, but I would be really interested in um, going to Appleton, Wisconsin. And I think he sat there for, I felt like 20 minutes um, just looking at me. And he said, you know, let me think about it. We've got several other people that are interested, but let me think about it. And um, the day after that, he he said to me, throw your hat in the ring. Um, we'll, we'll see what we can do. And um, I think it was just a God thing because three weeks later, I was in Appleton, Wisconsin as the managing partner um, and there for 21 years. So I always, I used to tell people my career was accidental. It was accidental that I came to know Northwestern as a rep and then accidentally fell into the managing partner role, but it was God guiding me um, and directing my path. And I'm so thankful that I've had the opportunity. So I, I love your, how your faith in God uh, e even had such a strong part of your career. And, and that's great to hear. Reminds me of that old acronym for faith, 
forsaking all, I trust him. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you did that. Um, so you you mentioned a little bit uh, in your opening comments some of the trials you've you've been through. Could you maybe uh, connect those trials a little bit more with your faith and, and how God sort of helped you pass some of those obstacles in your life? Sure. Um, yeah, when I think back on my life, um, you know, the first obstacle was obviously my mom's health when we were young and trying to figure out that situation um, as a family. <clears throat> I always wanted to be married and have children. I didn't really want to necessarily have a career. And um, I didn't meet my husband until I was 40 and got married at 45. So there were a lot of years being single and pursuing a career. Um, Never did get to have children, but, you know, I have in GA 97, I have about 90 people that are family and, um, you know, I got three dogs. So those were, those were a few, you know, things that turned out differently than I would have anticipated. Um, when I was a managing partner, you know, being the only woman, I um, had a lot of wonderful male role models, but I had to learn how to be authentic with myself and lead the way I wanted to lead um, as a woman, which was caring and um, loving my people. Not that the guys don't, but that, that was something I talked about um, all the time. Um, after I was appointed, I think I had been a managing partner for five years and, um, we were out at a managing partner conference and my husband and I were in a motorcycle accident. We have a free afternoon at the um, conference and we were out riding with friends happened to be in Arizona. And, um, we, came around a blind corner. Um, there was some stuff in the road. My husband swerved to miss it and the bike went down. Um, he reached behind him to grab me. Um, and I was already off the bike. I slid about 90 feet down the highway on my hands and my legs. And, um, he got me out of the road just as a semi was barreling around in the corner. Um, so God spared, spared my life. Um, and, the whole story of that is an absolute miracle that, you know, sometime I'll go into another time, but there were, there was an ambulance on the road that was going to training. They had no supplies in the truck, but they were there. They gave me water. They stopped the bleeding. Um, They called a helicopter to helicopter me out, um, you know, for life. And um, we got to the hospital and I needed surgery. And um, my husband was talking to a nurse and she was on the phone with a doctor and asked him to wait a minute. And he said his name was Washer. And the doctor said, is that Tom Washer? And he said, she said, no. He said, no, I'm Greg Washer. Well, it was a doctor that my brother-in-law had done a residency with out in Arizona years before. Um, And so God, God was present with me every minute. And I knew he had um, saved me for a reason. So I did come back to work. I had a lot of injuries. I had, um, my legs were torn up pretty bad. My hands were torn up um, and had to have a lot of therapy and um, went through some PTSD that I had to get treated for. I had some depression and anxiety. The agency was going, um, after five years of a great start, the agency was going in the wrong direction. 
I was trying to control everything myself and keep it running when mentally I wasn't um, all there. And so this went on for a period of probably a year or so. And um, my staff said to me, Deb, we really think that you need to go see someone. We, you know, we think that um, we love you enough to, to say you need to go get some help. And so uh, I did, and I started getting treated for PTSD, but there was a time and time during that time where I literally got down on my face before God. And I've only done that really, I should do it more. <laughs> um, but I said, Lord, I got to give this to you. I can't do it. And um, if, if your will for me is to leave Northwestern, if I have to give up the, you know, the, the position, the income, the title, the company, um, you're enough. And so I called Bill Beckley the next day and I said, Bill, I'm not sure I'm the right person for this role. I, we got to have somebody in the agency who can, you know, do what's best for the people. And I don't know for the policy owners and my people if I'm the right person at this point in time. And he went on to tell me a personal story that he and um, his family had gone through. And he said, Deb, you're our guy. We just have to figure this out. And five years later, um, after much struggle and much trusting God, um, they gave me another agency when someone retired and we literally doubled in size. And um, so God is faithful through everything. And um, I'm just so blessed that he loves me so much. <laughs> it, and I think it's obvious that he does. Um, I, you know, it's, it was interesting. You described part of your leadership style when you started out as being controlling and obviously that didn't work. Um, and, you know, we all change as Christians as we go through our, our walk. Although I don't like it so much as, as change. I actually think as we, as our minds are renewed, I, I literally think we're, we're, we're almost reborn constantly, uh, as we are buried and resurrected in, in that way. Uh, and that seems to have happened. And it's almost like through your trials, the Lord sped up that process a bit. Um, and now my, my understanding is you're really more of a servant leader. And so, so talk, can you talk a little bit about that? That seems to be, have became your, your new style of leadership after that. Well, first of all, I have to give credit to the team that was around me when I was not doing so well, because they carried me, um, <clears throat> If you hire the right people, and um, sometimes when we have to get out of the way to see to allow our people to use the gifts God has given them, um, and they were amazing. Um, they they really did carry me through. Um, you know, Christ was a servant leader, and um, there were two books that really um, helped me. One was How to Lead by the Book. Um, by an author uh, by the name of Dave Anderson. And when I read about servant leadership, and if you don't mind, I'm going to read this because I used to, it was always hanging in front of me at my desk. Um, you know, the traditional leadership involves the exercise of power by one at the top. By comparison, the servant leader shares the power, puts the need of others first, and helps people develop and perform as highly as possible. 
Servant leadership turns the power pyramid upside down. So instead of people working to serve the leader, the leader exists to serve the people. And I really believe that our jobs um, as you know, employers, whether you're a financial advisor, whether you're um, a leader in the Northwestern system, is to serve our people, um, to get the best for them, you know, to get to, to encourage them to see things in them that they can't see in themselves at the time, to encourage them to be the best that they can be. Um, and through doing that, um, you know, some of my greatest successes in life are the successes that I've seen through my team and my advisors and the life they're living now. Um, I remember a story of one woman when I went up to see her, she was a detached rep, took her out for lunch. And she said, do you mind if we take a little, you know, side trip? And I said, sure. So she takes me to her house and it's on a little lake up in the upper peninsula of Michigan. And she said, this is what I've, this is a dream come true, a brand new house on a lake for myself and my family because of Northwestern Mutual, because you believed in me. And she said, everybody thinks my husband's the one that makes all the money and brings home the paycheck. And I don't tell, need to tell him any differently, but this is, this is the life that God has given me because of Northwestern Mutual. And so those are stories that I love to hear um, because of servant leadership. Culture was a very important thing for me, um, loving my people. Um, my, my MDs used to hear all the time in our leadership meetings, um, how are you loving your people today? And love is not a word that's often spoken in the corporate world, but that's what we're there to do. And most people come to Christ because not because they're lectured or we're telling them about Christ, but because they watch our lives and they want to see, you know, are we really different as believers? Um, and if we if we walk our talk, even in my interview process, I used to say to people, I'm a woman of faith and I don't push my faith on anybody but it is a part of our culture and it's the part of how we love people and we treat people and we respect people. Um, and so people knew coming in that hopefully they were going to be experiencing something that was a little bit of a different culture than maybe they had been used to uh, in a job before. So, um, so that's a little bit about my servant leadership style. And of course, uh, modeled so beautifully by Jesus himself. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that makes it kind of easy. So we have a manual in the Bible that we can use to see how he was such a servant leader and, mm. and washing other people's feet and loving Absolutely. them through it. Uh, and also empowering, empowering uh, the disciples as well. People don't think about the fact that they were sent out and, and perform miracle signs and wonders uh, uh, by Jesus. And so he wanted them um, to really exercise their authority, which is really kind of what you're talking about in terms of uh, allowing your people to, to do that. So um, if you don't mind, uh, you, you know, you told us in our, in our practice session, we get together and talk about things, um, how Corey uh, Fleisner replaced you in Appleton. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit of that? I think people would love to hear it. Sure. Corey, I hope you don't mind if you're out there. Um, 
Well, you know, in Isaiah, the Bible says God's ways are not our ways. They're so much higher and his thoughts are so much higher than ours. And um, Corey and I worked together for a period of about 10 years. He was a managing director um, when I was managing partner. And um, I really had two really strong candidates that I thought could be potentially a successor for me. Um and when I prayed about it, um, I really felt that the Lord wanted this to be a generational office for him. And Corey is just a, an amazing man of God. And um, he had been told by a couple of people in the home office that he probably wouldn't be ready to be a managing partner for at least three to five years. And I'm in my last year, right? So um, I went back to the home office and I, I said, you know, I think that you, if you're willing to, I think you should relook at him. And some of his, his testing came up that he was a very humble man. Um, and um, I said, well, there's no, there's no, you know, humility is not a bad thing <laughs> in a leader. So I encouraged them to retest Corey. Um, and to the home offices, um, you know, they said, okay, and they took a different profile and they profiled him differently. And it came back like he could be running this company. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I had told Corey all along, and this is just who I am. And I flipped him out several times in his career. Um, I said, just sit back and watch God. Because if God wants you in this role, he will move mountains to get you into the leadership role. Um, and God moved mountains and Corey, you know, was named my successor and is doing an amazing job, but, you know, God's ways are not our ways. They're so much higher. And, um, he, he will move in this instance, corporations to get the person in place that he wants to be there. And, um, I've seen him do that in many, many other people's lives too, um, you know, and we trust him with, with our future. So Corey, you're doing an awesome job. I couldn't be happier that, um, you're my successor. So. Well, he, he is an amazing man of God and, and we, uh, get the pleasure of hearing from him in our Christian fellowship, um, uh, studies that we do once a week. So, uh, yeah, he, he is amazing. And I love that story. Reminds me of the, Remember, you know, Rabbi Gamaliel said of Jesus, if, if this is, if he's from God, uh, you know, you, you're not going to be able to stop him. And of course, <laughs> Jesus was, and nobody could stop him. So I think we're not going to put Corey in the same camp as Jesus, but that concept is certainly <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's working on that, though. Um, so how about, how about your, um, uh, your managing, your post-managing partner life? Tell us, catch us up about what's happening now? Well, um, I've been very blessed to be asked by the home office to coach women in leadership who are um, district directors or managing directors who want to continue to pursue a career in leadership with Northwestern Mutual. So for the last four or four and a half years, I've been coaching women um, throughout Northwestern Mutual in leadership and some of them are on the call. And um, it's I mean, I loved being a managing partner. This is the best job I've ever had. Um, 
they're so open. They're so coachable. They are going to be amazing leaders in the future. I mean, they already are, but in the future, if they get into the managing partner role and we just have such a talented group of women and diverse candidates in the system right now that it's amazing. Um, My husband and I spend a little time out in Arizona and then we're still in Wisconsin. Um, We've had some hardships in the last couple of years and um, learning to trust God through all of that. Um, My husband was diagnosed with Lyme's disease four years ago and um, went from my husband who was the Energizer Bunny down to someone who couldn't get out of bed a lot of mornings. So we're still working on that. God is faithful and we believe that um, he's improving and we believe that he's going to be healed even though they say there is no, you know, you can go in remission, but there's no, no healing for limes. Well, um, we we serve a great God. Um, the last four years, excuse me, I lost my 27 year old nephew in a car accident. I lost my dad. I lost my 16 year old niece to a car accident in November. So a lot of difficulty and sorrow and um, learning to push through all of that, um, trying to find my joy in everyday life, um, joyful that we had those people, that I had those people for that number of years and what a blessing they were, um, trying to be a hope and encouragement to my husband on days when he's very discouraged. Um, but as I told my sister, when we lost Larissa, you know, either we believe this or we don't. And so, you know, I'm not saying God caused any of it, um, but he's in it with us. Um, he'll see us through, he'll walk us through. And, um, on the tough days, You know, we just have to remember that he is God and there's a larger purpose. Um, And because we know Christ and they knew Christ, that we will see them again. Um, And, you know, that's that's the hope of our future. So, um, you know, I still every day I get up and I think, okay, Lord, everything I have is from you. Everything. um, It's nothing I've done. It's because. I've been a a tool when he allows, allows me, uh, or when I allow him is more, is more the deal. When I allow him to use me, um, he can do uh, amazing things. So we're still working through some of those things as a family. Some of it's pretty fresh, Um, but God has been there along the journey. And I'm, I'm so grateful Um, because I I can't even imagine my life without him and how we would have handled some of those things without him. And amazingly, um, you know, we all see the joy that's in you. Uh, Mm -hmm. When you describe your faith, your walk, your career, your life, and you weave God in through it, all through it, um, there's joy. And I know that there are people on uh, on this call or on this Zoom that are going through those trials 
And it, it, do you have a, maybe a word for them on, on how they can keep their joy before we go into breakout? Um, sure. I, I think it's natural as a human being to try to figure out why. Um, and there can be a lot of pain and a lot of frustration in trying to understand why. Um, somebody told me once that, you know, when we look at our life, it's like a tapestry in the back. We look at the back, which is all knotted, all different colors. You know, it's it looks like a mess. And God sees it from the front, the beautiful piece of art um, and that tapestry. And I, I, there's some friends of mine that are going through some really tough stuff right now. And I don't know until we get to heaven that we're going to ever understand. But he says that he'll be with us in it. Um, he'll carry us through. And um, so, you know. He is there for us. He, he, he does love us. He does care. He will carry us through. Um, and he loves you more than you can even possibly imagine. And, um, you know, the Bible says the rain will fall on the just and the unjust, right? So just because we're believers doesn't mean we're not going to go through difficult times. <laughs> so, um, I trust him with my life. I trust him with the outcome and it's a hard place to get too. And you got to remind yourself of that every day, but we're not God. Um, and so uh, just continue to trust him with your life and know that he loves you more than anybody ever could. That's, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And we ran a little bit over normally we've already broken out, but I thought it was really important to hear that Thank from you. you. And so I'm glad we did that. So now we are going to go into the breakout sessions and we have two questions that we want to pose. Uh, one is if it's true that great trials produce great faith, and I think we've heard that in your testimony, uh, how has this been your experience? Those of you in the breakout room, um, if, or if you prefer, what does servant leadership mean to you and how can growing as a servant leader impact others in your life? So we are going to uh, go to those right now and we'll be back again uh, in 15 minutes or so. So Deb, um, you and I are both in different rooms. Uh, just quickly in our, in our room, we talked a little bit about examples of servant leadership. One example of it was a leader who basically said, we'll take their, their folks out for coffee and always pay uh, and just simply not let them uh, uh, ever have to worry about that. And just as a, a really an expression of gratitude, which I thought was great. We also got a little bit into the importance uh, of what we do here and now as part of the kingdom that we kind of digressed a little bit. We went down a rabbit hole, but that happens sometimes. Anyway, Deb, what about on, on your side? Well, our group talked a lot about... Um you know, difficulties and hardships and um, how do we stay glorifying to God during those times? How do we intercede for people who are in the midst of a hardship? Um, and talked a little bit about that as well as servant leadership and how Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And um, so, you know, we're all leaders in whatever role we're in. If we're in a support team role, we, you know, we're a leader. If we're an advisor, we're a leader. If we're in a management role, we're a leader. And so how do we, um, you know, how do we love our people and show people the love of Christ, um, who may not know. So I had a wonderful group, all ladies, 
I don't know if that was on purpose, Brittany, but it was awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> she's she can be that way. Jehovah sneaky. I don't know. She could be be that way sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I was gonna ask you if you could leave us with one transforming idea, what would it be? But maybe that was what you just said. I'm not sure. Well, I think the one transforming idea um, that I would leave you with is God has a plan for each of our lives, and it's so much bigger than we could ever imagine. Um, you know, I was sharing with the ladies that, you know, when David was appointed king over Israel, everybody said, including his brother and, you know, um, you know, him, you're choosing him to be the leader. Um, and Sometimes I said, God, me, um, and some people around me said, her, what, <laughs> what has she done? She's, um, so God has a bigger plan for your life than you can ever possibly imagine and be, be willing to step forward in faith if he calls you and trust him. Because even if we don't have the entire skill set that we need, he's the one that will empower us and, um, uh, lift us up so that we can glorify him. So that's probably my last my last statement. <laughs> well, you know, Deb, I'm not supposed to play favorites uh, as the host, but I have to say uh, this has just been such a great session. Thank you so much for your honesty and just your willingness to share from your heart and, you. and so many lessons. And we, we really, really appreciate it. Um, so I want to thank you. I want to thank everyone who's uh, participated today. So we will see you next month. Thanks everybody again and take care. God Thank bless. you. Thank you for joining us. And for more information, visit our website, www.christianfellowshipcommunity.org. The Christian Fellowship Community is an independent, not-for-profit corporation. CFC is supported by volunteers and through donations from its participants. Neither CFC nor this episode are endorsed by, affiliated with, or promoted by Northwestern Mutual. Listeners of Christian Fellowship Community presentations and any recordings acknowledge that these productions are exclusively owned by CFC and listeners agree to only use for their listening and not to make any use for any commercial reason. <laughs>